Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Whether this is, uh, uh, you know, you've been with us a long time, or this is your first time, we invite you, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us. Your faith can be fed. Your spirit can be fed and quickened, and where you have felt weak and things have seemed just too big and too much to deal with and impossible, that's what changes when your faith rises up. Your problem starts looking smaller and smaller when your God begins to look bigger and bigger to you, and He is bigger. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any need, and He can change it for you if you will believe. And in faith school, we believe. Hallelujah. Let me uh, uh, lead you in a prayer. Let's release faith to get exactly what we should get today. Lord, all of us agree together here in the class, everybody joining us everywhere, asking you for the anointing. Thank you, Father, for your spirit, for the anointing that guides us into all the truth, that illuminates, enlightens our heart and mind. Give us answers, Lord, and direction, and show us exactly what you would say to us and do in us and for us and through us today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you turn, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, to a couple of openings here, Matthew 9 and Mark 5 and Luke 8. We've been for some weeks now here in faith school on the study we're calling Faith for Healing. You'll find that faith... Um, it needs to be fed in every area. You can have strong faith that your sins are forgiven by the blood. You, you can have strong faith that your name is in the Lamb's book of life and that uh, you die right now, you'd go straight to be with the Lord. Uh, you can have strong faith in that and have no faith at all for healing and have no faith at all to get your bills paid. Are your financial and material needs met? And that's because, that would be because your faith for your sins to be forgiven and being saved and going to heaven had been fed. You've heard about that. That's been fed to you and you've believed it and developed uh, usually over a period of years. But in many places, they never hear anything about faith for healing because their group doesn't believe that it's even necessarily God's will for everybody to be healed. And people believe all kinds of things, like, well, there were some miracles done in the beginning days of the church, but that was just to prove some sign things, and that's been done away with, or the dispensation of this or that is passed. Well, that's men's ideas, trying to explain the lack of something. But God doesn't change. He's never changed. He never will. Everybody said out loud, God, God doesn't, change. doesn't change. And the way your faith gets built up, whether it be for protection, whether it be to be led and directed by His Spirit, whether it be to be healed, you need to hear, you must hear 
what God said about that. And faith for that comes from hearing his word about that. So how are we going to get faith for healing? Anybody know? You got to hear what he said about healing. And so we began some weeks ago looking at the individual cases of healing that are recorded in the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we we looked at the healing of the leper. We looked at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We looked at the healing of the paralyzed man and also the nobleman's son and also the one of the man with the withered hand, also the healing of the centurion's servant. And now we're down to our seventh in our study, the healing of Jairus' daughter. If you haven't been with us for these previous ones, they'd benefit you. Uh, Go online, look look under Faith School, and you can find them. They won't cost you anything. There's no charge. You can watch all of them. You can watch them repeatedly. It'll, It'll minister faith to you. And and the more that you feed your spirit on these things, it has a a cumulative effect. And over a period of time, it will absolutely push unbelief out of you. (laughs) It'll displace it until nothing is left except bold confidence (laughs) in God. And that's what you want, child of God. That's what you need. So let's continue today in our study of the healing of Jairus' daughter. In Matthew 9 and verse 18, it said, While he, Jesus, spoke these things to them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hand upon her, and she shall live. Notice what a positive statement, she shall live. No ambiguity, no uncertainty. This is how faith talks. This will happen. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And we have, in the next several verses, another healing that took place, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, and we'll be talking about that that soon. But for today's purposes, skip on down to verse 23. When Jesus came to the ruler's house, ruler of the synagogue, and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise... He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. Skip with me over to Mark's account now. Mark chapter 5 and verse 22. You have to to read all three of these accounts to get all of the details because one will add something that the other did not, all of it complementary and perfect. And uh, you get a bigger picture when we read them together. Verse 22 says, Behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. You see, if you only read Matthew's account, you wouldn't know what his name was. (laughs) His name's Jairus. When he saw him, He fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now here you note that Jairus requested that Jesus lay hands on her. You have to put 
you know, more, more detail, the more accounts we read. Why would he want Jairus to lay hands on her? Now that doesn't sound strange to us today because laying on of hands has been with the church since here <laughs> and, and before. And so it's, it's not an odd thing for us to hear and yet it's not something that they necessarily practiced as a regular thing in the synagogue for healing at that time. But the reason they did is you'll find that Jesus, uh, we have reason to believe that he read the passage from Isaiah where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And he talked about him being anointed, so much so that people wanted to touch him or they wanted him to touch them. So what we see is that Jairus has faith in the anointing. Can you see that? Elsewise, why, why would he want him to touch her? He wants Jesus to touch his daughter because he has heard about, maybe even seen many things. We've got to remember as we studied last week, Jairus is, the scripture said, the ruler or that you could also say president of the synagogue. He is the head uh, person, the director over the synagogue like we talked last week, he, uh, Bible dictionaries tell us that the leader of the synagogue uh, would direct who read the scriptures, who led the prayers, who um, would explain the scriptures. In fact, you'll see in the book of Acts, uh, there's more than one occasion when the disciples, excuse me, the apostles would go into the synagogue and the leader of the synagogue would say, do you brethren have something to say? To, to speak about this, and he would allow them to speak in the synagogue, and they'd get up and preach Jesus. And great things would happen, and usually revival and riot. <laughs> and it's the same way today. Uh, some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it. And it's because you got uh, the, the force of good, the Holy Spirit at work, and you got the force of the enemy at work trying to disrupt. But, um, you see, uh, we mentioned that Jairus' name is from a Hebrew name that means uh, enlightened or uh, illuminated. Uh, and um, he obviously was because he came to Jesus. Many of the synagogue leaders would not have done that. You know, he was not approved <laughs> by the high priest. Is that right? No, no, no. And he humbled himself in front of Jesus. He fell down before him, knelt down before him. Uh, the word worship is used. And so obviously this man, this synagogue leader was enlightened. And he had faith. That's why he's in the book. He had faith that he makes that bold faith statement. Lord, come, come to my house and lay hands on her, and she'll live. Hallelujah. She will live. And so he has faith in Jesus. He has faith in the laying on of hands. He has faith in the anointing. He has faith in the power of God. He has faith that she can live and not die, be healed. Hallelujah. Can you see why this brother's in the book? <laughs> 
It's not just some random thing that happened here. And so he came and fell down and before his feet. And like we mentioned last week, worship is the way to the rest of what you need. He didn't know everything that needed to happen for his daughter. He's not aware at this point necessarily that she's going to have to be raised from the dead for this to work. Uh, and what, you know, she has to be healed or whatever killed her the first time would kill her again. He doesn't know what it's going to take to get him from their terrible situation to where they want to be and need to be. But he knows who. Come on, can you see this class? And this, you can't overemphasize this. This is not an isolated instance. Same thing when the leper came. Uh, he fell down and worshipped him. You see repeatedly people who came to Jesus for miracles, they started out by worshipping him. They fell down and they humbled themselves. They knelt down, fell down, prostrated themselves, worshipped him. Worship is the way to the rest <laughs> of what you need. Worship's the way to the miracle, to the healing. You see the opposite too many times. You see people that get, you know, and, and when you're going through a lot of bad stuff, I understand it gets frustrating, you get tired, but it is such a giant mistake to get irritated at God. Hmm? And to take some attitude with him and his things and get mad and go, well, I've, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing's changed and I don't know what God is waiting on. Well, that's a lousy attitude. Hmm? It's got to be God's fault. It's all on his end. <laughs> the truth is, we have not done everything right. Hmm? We, the truth is we know so little and we are dependent on him for everything. And he, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what other people have experienced or not experienced, God is faithful. He's a good God and he's not letting people down. He's not failing people. He's not ignoring people because he doesn't care. There's just so much we don't know so much we haven't understood. You know, I've, I've said this and I'll say it again. I, I think the, the first, uh, you know, hundred years after we get to heaven, just every once in a while we're going to go, oh, okay. Oh, I see. Well, we're going to learn things. And we're going to, things that we were so confused about down here, things that we were so upset about and, and just wondered why in the world this or, or why not this. Uh, when we get out of this darkness and this confusion and these limitations and we get in the fullness of the light, we'll go, oh, no wonder. <laughs> oh, I see. But right now, you can still trust God, right? Even when you don't see, when you don't understand, you can trust that he's good, right? You can trust that he's faithful, that he's merciful, that he's gracious. Come on, somebody make a decision and just say it out loud, Lord, you're good. 
I believe you are good. No matter what I hear or see or feel, no matter what I understand or don't understand, I believe you are a good God and a faithful God to me. And if that is really your heart, and you come before God in your time of trial and trouble and, and problems, and you fall down and worship Him, genuinely worship Him, I assure you, light will immediately start coming to you. Help will immediately start coming to you. Grace, and He'll show you, say this, stop this, do this, and it'll be a step out of your problem and then if you'll take that step and keep trusting him and keep worshiping, he'll give you another step and another step and he will take you all the way out. Do you believe? He'll lead you all the way out into full victory. Do you believe it, child of God? And can you see that this great miracle that happened in Jairus' family with his daughter, it began with faith and worship. He came to Jesus. He fell down before him and worshipped him. Uh, look that we were in verse 24, I think it was. Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Skip down to verse 35. While Jesus was speaking, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now this is the dreaded bad report. And we see in this passage how to deal with a bad report. Um, nobody who lives any length of time down here is going to escape hearing a bad report from time to time. Hmm? Not everything you hear is good news. Hmm? And there are things that you hear that are terrible news, awful news. And the thing that you have to uh, prepare yourself for is the very next thing when, when they told him that, uh, don't bother the master any further. Your daughter is dead. It's over. Then there comes this crushing grief and this tormenting fear. And Jesus immediately looked at him and said, don't be afraid. Don't fear. Only believe. Now, I think we've, we've heard that phrase and sang that phrase until we're not maybe hearing part of it. The word only means don't do other things. Just do this. Hmm? Believe only. And believe what? Well, he said, uh, if you read Luke's account too, don't be afraid. Believe only, and she shall be whole. Hallelujah. So now you got two reports she's dead, it's over. She shall be whole. <laughs> right? Both of those can't be the final answer. Right? 
at the same time. And can you see why the Lord said only? Right? And what's the temptation? Yeah, but this and yeah, but he said, and, but, but this is what it is. And yeah, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be? No, you got to make a choice. I said, you got to make a choice. And you will at some point, you'll, you'll settle on one of them. And which one you settle on determines victory or, or defeat. But this is how you handle a bad report. When, the, when they said, your daughter is dead. Uh, I'm going to read some other translation that says, why do you still harass the teacher? <laughs> Young's literal. They said, you're still, and, and you know, uh, what the King James talked about? Bother, bothering him. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Luke's account says in the NIV, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. But listen to Mark's account here in the Amplified. It says, uh, verse 36, overhearing but ignoring what they said. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Only keep on believing. I think that's a good way of saying that because Jairus was believing. That's how they got this far. But here is a valuable lesson. Do you know that you can be in the beginnings of a miracle and mess it up? Now this is a sobering thought, isn't it? What if Jairus had lost it right here and said, uh, it's too late. Uh, I'm sorry I bothered you and, and he just collapsed and, and couldn't be consoled. Would it have made any difference in the outcome of this? It would have. Some people would try to say, oh no, you know, Jesus would have just went and healed her and raised her up anyway. No, no, that's inconsistent with the other scriptures uh, on this subject. And why would the Lord look at him and say, don't be afraid if it doesn't matter? Hmm? If it doesn't matter, the man's already got enough pressure, <laughs> right? <laughs> why? Why say anything else to him? No, no. It's because this whole thing is made or broken right here, right now. And you, you got to be ready for that because there will be times in life. It's not a bad confession. It's just the way things are down here that you will hear a bad report. Doesn't have to necessarily even be even about you, but it can be about somebody else that you care about, whatever the case is. And at that point, fear will try to hit you. Fear and hopelessness and heaviness, depression will try to hit you. And at that point, it makes all the difference what you do, whether you yield to the fear and, and, and the grief or whether you believe and you choose to believe something anyway. I know some good, friend, good pastor friends of Phyllis and mine um, had been with us in a conference here for a week. And that whole week, the Lord had us talking about not being afraid. <laughs> don't fear, don't fear. And some of these very things, you know, not being moved. You know, the psalmist talks about that, that he's not moved by evil reports and by this and that. And um, 
They were at home one evening and they got a phone call that their teenage son had been in a terrible uh, car wreck and that if they wanted to see him alive uh, uh, for a moment, they better hurry, they better rush. And that he was trapped, they couldn't get him out of the car and, and it was crushed all in him and that they didn't expect him to live past a few moments. Somehow he was still alive. And so uh, the pastor, uh, the ministers, he and his wife, they, they jumped in the car and, and he said, uh, and she said, they, they joined hands. And they said, we refuse to fear. Oh, hallelujah. We refuse to fear. And they're checking their heart. And they're praying in the spirit. Now's not the time to just say random things. Or to try to just quote things by rote from memory. You need to hear from the spirit of God the thing to say. The thing to believe. Jesus functioned this way, didn't he? He said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. And, and so they, 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 they joined hands and they declared it out loud. We refuse to fear. We refuse to fear. There are times you need to speak right out loud against fear. Don't you remember the scripture said God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Did you hear that? Spirit of fear. And God didn't give it to you. So it'll try to come on you and you'll feel it. There's spiritual forces involved. The spirit of fear. And I like what the psalmist said in the famous 23rd Psalm. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I, want, I refuse to fear. Come on, can you hear that? Say it out loud, I refuse to fear. I refuse and sometimes you need to speak right out loud and say, Fear, leave me. Go for, leave me in Jesus' name. I refuse to fear. You got to resist it because it's, all, it's on you. You feel it. You feel the tightening. You feel the tension, all the other things. And the enemy says, it's too late. You're already scared. You're already panicking. You say, shut up. Leave me, fear. Fear, go from me. I resist you. And they begin to get it in their heart that their son was going to live and not die. They drove over there and sure enough he kept living. And sure enough they got him out of the car. And sure enough they got him to the hospital. And in a few days he's back home. Hallelujah. Whole and healed. Oh praise God. Some miraculous things happened all in through there. But how many understand it could have been a totally different story if they just said, oh, oh God, my baby, oh no, oh no, it's too late. Well, then, then you don't allow God in. You don't open the door and invite him in. When Jesus turns and says, don't be afraid, only believe, should we take him seriously? Say it out loud, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. I choose to believe. Hallelujah. And that's it for our time today. But as you can see, there's a lot more to this. Come back, join us tomorrow, right here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 941- 
702-7390. 